All right, we're back with the program. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening to all of our great stuff. We just cannot thank you enough for doing so. Well, I had to sit this guy down to talk with him a little bit about what he's doing because he has burst back into the pop culture scene once again. No, we're not talking about Overwatch this time because he is our Overwatch expert, but <laughs> it's kind of a lull right now with Overwatch League and whatnot. He's doing some other things, including involving himself once again with his mischievous best friend, lifelong best friend, I must say, Rob McCallum, that troublemaker himself from the yeah. Cosmic Crossfire. Yeah. He, these two are, are at it once again with Justin Schoenrock. Those three are getting together to create action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. The documentary is scheduled to be out sometime late next year. They're actually shooting on it right now as we speak. Also, he's doing a great show called A Galaxy Far, Far Away. It's a rebirth of sorts. It's now part of the Nerdy Northerners plan that's out there. So you want to catch all the things that Nerdy Northerners are doing out there. It is my good friend who is still the star that you can catch on one of the best documentaries of the past 10 years in Nintendo <laughs> Quest. It is <laughs> Jay Bartlett. You know, I got to give the intro, man. I got to give you always a great intro. Do you really feel that way? Do you still watch it? Once I still it watch it occasionally, <laughs> and but it's still one of the best documentaries, I'd say, in, in the past 10 years. I mean, oh, I would put that up there with, with some of the best work that, that he has done. And obviously, you were very much a part of it. So great to have you on the show. That's great. It's good to be back, man. And yeah, I mean, the state of Overwatch. I mean, maybe you want to save that for another show, but not not too excited about that. Well, you know, with Apex Legends now out, and that's the yeah. flavor of the month, so to speak. Yeah. Fortnite is, I guess, feeling it. I, I got to eat a little bit of crow because I thought Fortnite wouldn't feel it too much from Apex Legends. But I, I think I'm going to be eating a little bit of crow here. Anthem, which I know Josh and I talked about recently on the Monday episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, that we talked about Anthem is, uh, I don't not sure, because we love Bioware so much, but this Destiny clone may or may not work out long-term for the company, especially the fact that EA, where does its allegiance tie? Because Apex Legends is so hot and they just released it. Now they've got one that you have to pay $60 for, and they're trying to promote that as well. And then you've got Battlefield Five coming out with a Battle Royale of their own next month. So, you know, it, where are their loyalties going to lie long-term? We have to wait and see on that. But Overwatch, it's still there. You're still the man in charge of that. Anytime Overwatch does still try to come to fruition as a game that people still want to play, I know it's losing a little bit of luster. I'm, I'm not going to kid you wrong, my friend. And I think the the future of that and Activision Blizzard is in question. I know we talked about before in the past, and now Call of Duty is now doing its own centralized league, like Overwatch. <laughs> you know, if somebody else has got to do it, you know what? Call of Duty's got to do their own league with cities and all that too. So, so many things going on in the video gaming world. But your thoughts, real quick, before we head into all the projects that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, Overwatch has definitely plummeted in, in my eyes. The last developer update I saw with Jeff Kaplan, the, the lead designer, he said they were basically focusing everything into the Overwatch League, which I think is fantastic. But these games that kind of, I call them games that live forever, they're designed to go all year round and keep you playing and playing. One of the things about Overwatch was the seasonal events, right? That was kind of the thing. 
and they're just repeating. They're not, they haven't added anything new since last April. And so I've really kind of lost interest in it. And they keep messing with the characters and the balancing. And uh, they come up with events that are nothing more than five or six different skins. And I don't know, I think their, their old model of loot boxes is just kind of, it's outdated. They really need to get with the times. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Blizzard, Gerald, but... Well, I know they should have never parted, partnered with Activision, but that's another story. That is another story entirely. I think Bungie made the right move to disassociate themselves from the Activision Blizzard umbrella and now are going at it solo in their own type of deals, trying to go ahead and self-publish. Although I think they'll probably go ahead and reach out to somebody eventually and maybe get some help along the way, at least initially, whatever it is they try to go ahead and produce from here on out. And... It is something that, you know, for Overwatch fans out there who this time last year had a lot to crow about as far as a lot to look forward to, a lot of good things coming up, characters, which everybody seemed to embrace. But Apex Legends, one of the things about Apex Legends, yes, it feels like a Call of Duty in many ways, but it has so many influences. I know Josh talked about Borderlands. I know a lot of people have talked a little bit about Fortnite. I know a lot of people have talked about other games as well, but one of the things that I really focused on is the character models and the character association that only seems to come from one game I know of, and that is Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, I, I played a very little bit of it. I've seen a lot of it being played, and right off the bat, aesthetically, I didn't like it. It's very Call of Duty, which I'm not a fan of the, the down-the-scope kind of thing. You know, one reason I do like Overwatch and I do like Fortnite is the cartoony graphics. Um, and the Battle Royale stuff seems to be the flavor of the year, which is just totally fine. The same thing happened when GTA 3 came out and kind of blew up the open world scene. But for me, it's just it's it's just EA, you know, publishing giant that they are, taking bits and pieces of all these successful games and mashing it into their version. I don't see anything particularly special with it. That being said, I don't see how people have time to invest into all these Battle Royale games. They're all very grindy. Fortnite, PUBG, they're all very grindy. They're all designed to keep you playing. And like you said, you know, I see a little bit of Fortnite slipping now because you pay for the battle pass to get all these skins and stuff throughout this season. And now they're doing challenges where you can actually get the battle pass for free. So they would have never done that, you know, before Apex came out. They didn't have to. So I think uh, yeah, Apex is really nipping at their heels. We'll see how it is six to nine months down the line. Are they going to go ahead and be able to provide enough continuous, fresh content? Because to me, honestly, that's one of the main reasons why Fortnite has become so successful is because of the fact they're always making it a fresh concept. Something new is always being added. Something always new is being introduced. Something's being taken out or that's going to be reused again down the line that keeps everything fresh. Yeah. New seasons provided. Will Apex Legends learn from this and be able to do the same things for its growing consumer base we'll have to wait and see overwatch did that for quite some time but you're right it looks like it's on the downhill slide do you think it has any chance of recovering and what do you think they need to do in order for it to recover like you said regain your faith in the game and regain your interest as well it's funny now that you see all this overwatch merchandise come out and i've spent a ton on overwatch as you know i, I huge fan of the the series 
but it's funny it's like all their money it's like what, what are you guys doing here right it's going into merchandise you know there's lego now there's a new six inch figure line and then the other the other end of it it's going all into the overwatch league and and what's the first thing you want to do after you watch an overwatch league game you want to play overwatch now my problem is if you're not if you're not keeping the core gamer satisfied with your core game you don't have anything you're not going to have an overwatch league because no one's going to care I, I, it must be something I'm missing, Gerald. I don't understand what Blizzard is doing here. Why they don't have money? You know, look look at Fortnite. And again, this is not a direct comparison because they're apples to oranges. But if you look at their store and how it rotates every 24 hours, sure you have to spend real money. But it's like here's the skin you want it. You have 24 hours. And there's a bunch of other things you can buy too. I think that's really cool. And I think the loot box only model of Overwatch needs to be rehauled because it's very, very stale, especially when you've been playing for a few years and you have everything. So you're constantly just getting doubles and that that idea of chance, I think, isn't is alluring is okay, this skin may be twenty bucks, but you know what? Here you go, you can get it if you want. And I think PUBG, which initially was the leader in the battle royale genre, yeah. then Fortnite took their model and just destroyed it. They have, in the past six months, recovered a, a greatly from that, especially on consoles, as they've actually moved on to the console formats. And I think they've gone ahead and established themselves as a clear number two in the world of Battle Royale genres until Apex Legends gets there, but it could be very soon. PUBG actually has reinvigorated itself by modeling themselves in many ways after what Fortnite has done as well. I haven't played since I, I, this was a while back last year when I, I believe they announced the Joker and Harley Quinn as playable skins. Uh, so I haven't played since then, but that certainly is, you know, Fortnite had the, the uh, Infinity Gauntlet event last summer. So I can see what they're doing. They both borrow heavily off each other. And I can't, I can't remember where I read this article, but it was really great. And, and the editor just basically said, I miss what made Battle Royale games good, which was that fear. Like, if you played PUBG, you were terrified. It was very, very scary. And somewhere down the line, that got kind of lost with Fortnite. And and now with Apex, I think it's so fast-paced. And I don't think it has the same effect as PUBG, where you just hear a bullet whiz by your head, and you're like, oh, my God, and you run into a building, and you just sit there with your gun to the door. I mean, that stuff was exciting. Well, I remember PUBG. That's what I remember as as far as my initial perception of it was that you yeah. would hide out and you would just wait until the walls close in or somebody would try to sneak in so could, because supplies were scarce enough to where you were just making sure that every shot counted and you were in suspense. You didn't know what was coming around any corner, any turn. And being out in the open in PUBG was really a dangerous thing, e even if you had to do it, whatever the circumstances. PUBG no longer seems to me that invigorating or that suspenseful type deal. I agree with you on that. And when it comes to Apex Legends, no, it does not have the same type of suspense. But then again, the, the model that they they modeled it after, since they are Respawn Entertainment, and yeah. not only do they have the Titanfall games that they fall, that, fall back on for influence, but of course, the Call of Duty games, which the two, uh, I guess, the head, the head honchos of Respawn Entertainment, where they came from, 
seeing as how they're responsible for the modern warfare, some of the other original Call of Duty games, you can see that influence right there. So it does the Call of Duty uh, type of format yeah. doesn't actually, I guess it doesn't actually bait itself to become part of that suspenseful type format since it's so fast moving and all that. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that the way they have their store set up, which if, I'm sure you've played, it's exactly like Fortnite. The panels are even in the same spots. Like, I, I saw the one skin for the robot character, and it was just basically made him red, and it was $20 Canadian. And I was like, you know, Fortnite skins are expensive. They're absolutely expensive. But for the most part, you get something completely outrageous and crazy and different from anything else that's in the game. But, those, but it's like, EA, it, man. It's EA. They love the catch. And they've taken the loot boxes and the Fortnite shop and put it together, and the Overwatch characters with the ultimates, and they've basically just given you a little bit of everything. I don't know what we'll have to see. I think, you know what, it's doing incredibly well, and I think it's great for the gaming industry. But I will say, to knock it a little bit, you know, when you give anyone a free game, of course it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like 10 million players or whatever. Of course it's free. Everyone's going to, oh, i got to try that one, right? We'll just see how many people are actually going ahead and buying, putting down cash on the microtransactions, yeah. which obviously got EA in trouble before with Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be, it'll be interesting next couple of months. Well, <laughs> I do want to ask you, when it comes to all the stuff that you're doing out there, we got to talk about what you're up to with Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. So tell me, I want to hear your thoughts on exactly what you're doing and how you're involved with action figures. Because as I told Rob before, I've seen some of the action figures that you've had displayed in your room when I've interviewed you before. So I know your affinity and love for action figures, but share with the public out there and share with our listeners what your affinity is for action figures and why this movie that you're doing right now with Rob McCallum is so important to you. I'm going to try and give a direct quote and i can't remember the professor's name but it was from i believe it was one of the the toys that made us episodes i think it was the star wars one and it just it really hit home and it's really stuck with me since i saw it as to why i like them so much so first for something like star wars that universe doesn't exist that galaxy doesn't exist so you're taking and you're making a physical representation of a character that not only doesn't exist, but that you you can hold in your hand kind of thing. So it's like a, a physical version of Han Solo or Luke Skywalker. And it just represents so many things. We, we kind of sat down over the last few years and always discussed about what we're going to do after Nintendo Quest. And of course, so what's the first thing that comes up? Super Nintendo. We hear it all the time. And don't get me wrong, I'm very flattered that everyone still writes us and, and wants to see a Super Nintendo film. Or N64. Yeah, we get here and there N64 and Genesis, but mostly Super Nintendo, right? That would make most sense. And I don't want to say it doesn't it doesn't feel right or, or that we'll never do it. I will never say that. But we just started talking about toys. I put up a, a fun poll on Facebook not so long ago about five really cool play sets that I never had growing up. And one of them was like the flag from GI Joe, which was the aircraft carrier that if you had, you were the man on the street, you know, that was the Holy grail of playsets. This thing was six feet long and no doubt would be the, the start and ending point to all your GI Joe battles. 
and we got a lot of response to that. And then Rob and I got on the phone as we usually do and started talking about old figures and stuff. And then, you know, again, I got the call. He's like, well, I've been really thinking about both because we're working with Justin now, which is great. So which one do you want to do? And we pretty much unanimously both said uh, the action figure one. So it's not that we don't want to do another video game one at all. It just, it would be cool to, to try something a bit different. And I know Rob as well had said his love for action figures goes, it actually predates back before his love for video games came to be. So yeah. I know that's something that I would probably say would be the same for you, that you've actually had a chance to, to have more of affiliation with action figures even before you got into video games. Yep, we were talking about this. We did the first day of shooting with me a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about it during that, how I can remember every G.I. Joe that I got, where I got them, and Star Wars was kind of a, a mass. I just remember Christmas morning and having everything. Like, my mom was so wonderful. You know, I had all the vehicles, all the figures. But, yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's like the old NES games where you have memories tied to these items, of course, right? I mean... That, that's just part of being human. But to this day, I, you know, it's funny. I remember getting to, you know, 14, 15, when maybe you shouldn't be playing with toys so much anymore. I remember, well, I didn't really feel right playing with figures and stuff still. I still wanted them, and I still wanted to collect them. And it was something I struggled with for a good four or five years until I just didn't care anymore. And I'm like, you know what? This is me. I'm going to still buy these X-Men toys or whatever it was at the time. And I always liked having them, you know, just as statues, like in my room or wherever I was. So, yeah, it's really something that's been with me since the beginning. I know for the fact that Rob's and you, just you, when you two are together, always great things seem to happen because uh, off camera or on, because I know you two are always up to some good things, whether it's for entertainment purposes or just hanging out. It's like, like I said before, lifelong best friends. But yeah. What is it like, again, working with your, your lifelong best friend, Rob, on this picture and, and something that, that you guys are going to be setting out doing? Because he's got a lot planned for you. If, if, if people haven't heard my conversation with Rob earlier, about a couple weeks ago, on one of our Pop Culture Cosmos episodes, you got to check it out. It's available today on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and all those other podcast catchers. He spoke uh, specifically about some of the things he'd like you to do in the picture and some of the places he'd like you to go. So yeah. your thoughts on working with him once again and the feeling of working with your lifelong best friend on that picture that obviously means so much to both of you. Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. I mean... In all honesty, ask. And you anyone. say that now, but you know, I, I know Rob now a few years, though. <laughs> until we, yeah, until we start getting midway around the shoot. No, exactly, um, exactly. You guys will be at each other's throats. Ask anybody who knows me, and they'll say the happiest I've ever been, or I felt the most comfortable and right while we were doing Nintendo Quest, and then the Power Tour, like. That, you know, I always said to him, if we could just do this for a living, you know, I wish we could just do this for a living. And what's great is that we're really starting to head that way now. It's awesome, you know. Um, he, he's a very professional filmmaker. He's a great writer. And he's a wonderful storyteller. And he sat down with me again. And we kind of talked about my life since the Power Tour. And I've had 
a lot of ups and downs. And he said, you know, it's very interesting. I think we have more personal stuff to talk about. You have a lot more to say and, and what you want to do with this. So I have no doubt it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And yeah, he has a huge tour plan for us. So I want to come see you again. It's been, it's been too long, right? It has been too long, my friend. I miss you dearly here in Vegas, but with Rob, you know, it's all the best because he means so well. And he tries to put everything he can 110% in all of his projects. As we're gushing over him with the accolades, I know he's probably blushing somewhere where he's listening in Canada right now. Oh, he's not I, listening. Give me a break. He's not on here, so he's not listening. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But when he listens to the podcast, of course. But <laughs> I will say this, that working with him, I've also observed that same type of feel that he has, that same type of joy he has for filmmaking and have seen that quality of work time and time again. When it comes to action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe, you know, there's, I'm sure a lot of work involved. And he said, you're going to be working with him over the next, what, six to eight months. He said, he's going to be working with you at least until the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. That hasn't been finalized yet. The climax, I almost say the climax, but kind of the kind of the end of the my portion of the film, as you know, a cause I believe in very much is the Children's Health Foundation here, which I did for many years with my uh, Star Wars group that is no longer around. But we want to continue, and Rob very much believes in that too. So my part is very much like Nintendo Quest, where I'm going to go out and do the adventure stuff, which we love to do. And whatever rare figures that I collect through my quest, we are going to have the auction. Wherever that takes place, it's still up in the air at this point. But all the proceeds are going to go to Children's Health. So I get to do and collect and see all these really cool figures and take that trip down memory lane again. But it's not self-serving. It's very important. You know, it's not, it's not stuff that's going to me for my needs. It's going to something far greater, in my opinion, it's going to help kids, you know, that really need it. Absolutely. And that's something he stressed too and emphasized when I spoke to him about it, that there is an end goal for action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe that has a good heart. A lot of the stuff that, that you're going to be doing and a lot of the proceeds that you'll be working with as far as some of the action figures that I guess people can bid on eventually, some of them, mind you, that will be available for auction, some of those proceeds will go to the Children's Health Foundation that you have been so much of a part of for so many years now. And it can't get any better than that, that not only you get to work with your best friend, but also you get to do a great thing that obviously warms the heart and, and does so much for so many good people. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing disingenuous about it at all. Doing this stuff, visiting the hospitals it is really great. But it kind of got to a point, I think, with everyone involved, maybe, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but for myself, I wanted to do more. I wanted to to make more of a difference. It was great taking them out of, you know, their pain for five minutes or whatever. I mean, that feels really good on its own. But I want to do more. I want to help more. I want to maybe have funding enough to so they can buy that piece of equipment they need or, you know, whatever. It's really important. So that's just kind of like the next step in the evolution of what's going on with me and the Children's Health Foundation. Absolutely. And it's all part of Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. Please, if you're interested in getting updates and more information on it, you just got to go today to Rob McCallum Films on Facebook or robmccallumfilms.com. 
Jay and Rob are constantly filling those sites with information and updates on what's going on with action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. They've already started shooting and they're already getting some great ideas. In fact, if you want to actually be a part of the movie itself and you have some action figures that you think Jay and Rob would be interested in, just go ahead and check out robmccallumfilms.com or Rob McCallum Films on Facebook. They've got a little questionnaire for you to answer. So if you've really got something that would be a great part of the documentary coming up, they'd love to have you put it on the show. And once again, I'm talking to Jay Bartlett. He's doing so much with Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. But you said yourself that you just want to do more. And in fact, you are doing more than that because you have revived a show that means I know so much to you in a galaxy far, far away. It obviously ties into one of the great loves of your life, being one of our Star Wars aficionados. So tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with the Nerdy Northerners and a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, so I had my audio podcast a few years back, and that kind of went away, and I stopped doing that for a while with my buddy Josh and start doing the Echo 3 stuff. And I just, I noticed over the years that I really like to talk. I talk a lot. A lot about Really? Star- I would never notice that. Yeah, a lot about Star Wars and theories and how we would start talking about Harrison Ford and how that would get into politics somehow or that would get into, you know, acting. And everything came from Star Wars and somewhere ended back on Star Wars. And I was always really a big fan of Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to Bill Burr or Joe Rogan, a huge fan of that show, and how it's just hit play and go, and they just talk. There might be a few points here or there, Joe Rogan especially, so they'll just start talking and it leads to whatever. I'm really, really a big fan of that because I like to do that myself. So I'm like, I posted, not really an ad, but kind of, I just posted on Facebook saying, hey, you know, kind of looking for a co-host to get Galaxy Far, Far Away back up. And I was just thinking audio. And uh, I got a message from uh, Jake, who uh, runs Nerdy Northerners, which is a fantastic network here in London, Ontario. They do a live Dungeons and Dragons show, which to me, that concept was like, you know, the first time you heard about Twitch, it's like, what do you mean I'm going to watch this guy play video games? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would I want to do that? And so he does a D&D show. I'm like, people watch you play Dungeons and Dragons? Say, yeah, man, check it out. So I watched a few episodes, and uh, he expressed interest in hosting it. He had all the equipment, the cameras, and all that stuff. And my concept is pretty easy. Again, hit recording and just talk. Talk until you don't want to talk anymore. And I was going to have a co-host, and that kind of fell through. And I kind of just realized that I needed to do it myself. So I wanted to do it live. So it's live on Twitch every Friday night at Nerdy Northerners. And then I would have rotating guests that's somewhat tied to Star Wars. And I have a few. I have guests booked up for the next couple months almost. But it's guests that, you know, are cosplayers, are Star Wars fans, pop culture fans. Somehow it ties into Star Wars. But it's also going to bleed into these other things as well. And it's really just, you know, dudes talking about nerd stuff. The concept is really interesting to me, and I'm having a blast doing it. It's so fun. And once again, you can catch his show in its entirety at a Galaxy Far, Far Away. It is available on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. Once again, that's the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. 
every Friday night, and it's also available if you just want to go ahead and catch it anytime as far as the full hour-plus-long shows. And in fact, I just worked out a deal behind the scenes, backstage, really type almost bordering on the gray, illegal, dark side type of deals with Jay that we may actually play a portion of each episode and go ahead and remaster it onto a podcast in and of itself on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel here. But the full version, I will tell you, will be on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. And it's just so great to even have the opportunity to play your show to give everyone a taste out there so they can go ahead and catch your show in its entirety. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I'm all about family and I'm all about everybody helping each other out. So I think that's fantastic. And what a great opportunity. Your, your show is amazing. And you have Rob on here and sorry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. so am I the way he goes and gets on my case. But you know what? It's He's my friend yeah. and I appreciate having him on. But that's why we love him. And you know what? He, he speaks the truth. And I think not a lot of people do that. People tend to filter themselves because they want to be PC or whatever the case is. And Rob doesn't. Rob just says it how it is. And if you like it, you like it. And if not, that is Rob to a T. Once again, I'm on with Jay Bartlett. He is from Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. That's coming up as a documentary sometime, most likely in late 2020, although you'll get more news and information if you check out the robmccallumfilms.com or Rob McCallum Films Facebook page. Jay is also hosting each and every Friday night on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel, A Galaxy Far, Far Away, where it's all Star Wars talk, a lot of great stuff that you're talking about there, including everything going on with the Star Wars and pop culture stuff. One last thing to talk about to you when it comes to Star Wars, my friend, and that is, when is that old title coming along? Do you think they're going to wait until Chicago in April, or do you think you have another date in mind when Star Wars, the title for Episode Nine, will finally be released? Oh, we got to do a show on Star Wars again, buddy. We got to catch up for sure. Oh, you know it. They've obviously changed their business plan quite a bit. They're keeping everything pretty close to the chest. And I get it, man. They, you know, like what Disney has done or not, they're getting beat up. They're getting beat up by fans. I've never seen anything, any kind of backlash like The Last Jedi. Never seen anything like that in all of fandom. So they really had to change their course of action. They're changing the way their toys are. They're changing the way their marketing it is. So I personally think we won't see it till Chicago. People want it. People want it. And in the past, the past two or three years, they've given the people what they wanted and it hasn't been enough. So I think at some point, Disney has to stop listening to these people, these fans. I understand they want to make everyone happy, but they got to stop it and just focus on the, their business. And it is very much a business. Star Wars is 100% a business. So they sh they just need to do what's going to work for them. That's 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 all I can say. When you buy something for $4 billion, it definitely is a business. Yeah. So, And I will agree with you on that. I do not think we will see it until April. There's no real need to now that the Super Bowl is gone and you have the world's largest audience to, to draw from. So there really is no need to go ahead and put it out in March, especially the fact it takes away from what you're trying to do as a business with Captain Marvel. Also, you've got Avengers Endgame coming. and. Yeah. You already produce so many, and I've talked about this with Josh here last week, where 
you produce so many trailers for all your products within a short period of time that you released out there in Aladdin, Dumbo. Also, you've got Captain Marvel, you've got Avengers Endgame. All these things came at, at, at just like within a matter of days from each other. So there's a tendency to have too much Disney overload. So if you want to avoid that, you maybe want to space that out a little bit better. And I think April would be a good enough time where you could say, you know what? It's in between Captain Marvel and it's in between Avengers Endgame. It's in its own spot and it would be a great time to go ahead and showcase what's coming up for Star Wars Episode Nine. Hey, it's funny. I read a comment today and I can't remember where it was. JJ posted on his Twitter. I'm sure you've seen the picture with Daisy, Oscar, and John. They're all hugging. It was, yeah, it was the, the last day of shoot. And the first comment I saw was like, about time. It comes out in December. It's like, it's just the, the, <laughs> you can't even like post a picture like that without someone dumping on it. You know what I mean? So I don't blame Disney one bit for holding things a little bit more secret, man. Because they got to change up something at this point. Their own way of doing things is, is clearly not working. They're making a lot of people unhappy, which, again, I could talk about this for hours. I don't understand why these people have to hang on to this series. You know, do Star Trek fans go through this when there's a the new show that comes out? Do they say that it wrecked the Kirk era? I don't think so. I never heard of anything like that. Well, people seem to be digging on the new Star Trek Discovery. The problem is people are not digging the fact that Star Trek Four doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon after the actors fell out. But that is another story in its entirety. Don't get me started on Star Trek right now because they're doing uh, one thing right when it comes to their TV. When it comes to their movies, they're just it's just okay. But, but as a Star Trek fan, which you are, over the years you've seen you know the original series and the Next Generation was the first one that came out. Do you remember when the Next Generation came out? Everything was obviously completely different, including the technology and the special effects and all that. And uh, Picard is almost the polar opposite of what Kirk was, right? Do you remember the Star Trek fans backlashing like Star Wars fans do? Like, oh, my God, that's not Kirk. This is not my Star Trek. It should have been this. It should have been that. Well, obviously, we didn't have social media as well to draw from. But I think a lot of people, for the most part, embraced it because there was such a distance between the actual television shows themselves and the films, the Kirk films, they had started to wane as far as their quality. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, I think was probably the last around that time of a, anywhere near a decent film. Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, I think, was the high note as far as any Star Trek film that you could, you could yeah. put out there. Uh, the Star Trek reboot from J.J. was great as well. But uh, be that as it may, I think a lot of people were, for the most part, excited. There were no holier-than-thou comments that I had heard of at the time, and Obviously, it turned out to be such an initial success for the show because it garnered huge ratings, for at least for the first few years. And it turned out to be a big win because it spawned off, what, three more series after that that came yeah. in succession up until leading, I think, to Scott Bakula's Enterprise. And then, obviously, the, the Picard movies in and of itself. Need I go there? But now it's evolved into something where there's been a period of time where there's no Star Trek TV. So that's why I think Discovery came in. It had a high production value. It's done quality work. And now people are excited about Star Trek on television again. And even more excited to see Picard and also Michelle Yeoh, it, it possibly a spinoff series for her. And 
you know, obviously Patrick Stewart getting his own spinoff series. So now everybody's all over Star Trek on television again. But you're right. It's kind of cyclical in that fashion. But the aggressive nature of social media, especially with The Last Jedi, is unlike anything I've ever seen in fandom ever. And it's crazy because as big of a galaxy as the Star Wars galaxy is, you can't really go off course much. Do you know what I mean? You have to stay down that safe thing. So there's all these characters and all this lore to draw from, and yet they can't because everyone will lose their minds. So, like, again, I've talked about this a lot on my show, where it's like, where do you go? You, you do this to please fans. They're not happy. Then you go in a different route, and they're not happy. So I don't envy J.J. or Ryan Johnson or anyone who's had to take up this mantle, man. And even John Favreau doing a TV show, like, he's just going to get crucified, man. And it's really bad. I don't, under, I don't understand why people have such hatred. Four, five, and six are such a minority in the big scheme of Star Wars like, there's such a small, tiny part since everything else has come out. And it's just, I wish people would just, you know, if you don't like what's going on, then just move on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, I hear that. I hear and, and, you know, as much as I, I, I dig Marvel and stuff like that, how people on the flip side go absolutely gaga for anything that comes out in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's funny because the Infinity Gauntlet story was written in 1991. <laughs> you know, it's... It's not even new. It's not even something that was written. Like, that was a book from the 90s. I remember buying it when it was being wrote. You know what I mean? So it's it's funny how that works. Funny how that works. But DC is now finally getting some of that love back with Aquaman and yes. hopefully going forward with their universe as well. What, a, what an unlikely hero, right? Like to, to, <laughs> exactly. to He was the one that was always lambasted and always, if anybody was was getting like pre-social media type hatred it was definitely aquaman i think aquaman got a lot of heat over the years since being part of the justice league yeah well obviously who's the guy who plays him again that escapes me oh jason momoa Jason Momoa, yeah like he looks fantastic right they obviously did far away with the the blonde hair blue eye you know Gee golly, Aquaman, and they made him much more Conan-ish, right? So, or, and looked like he got off the, you know, off the waves and surfer dude bro type deal. So, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, the ladies like him, which doesn't hurt at all, too. So, I'm just really glad they're finding their way, man, because DC deserves a win after the, you know, the Nolan stuff is so fantastic, and even the Tim Burton stuff. So, to to really not be able to do Justice League justice, it really sucks as a fan. You know, I want to see a good Justice League. And I hopefully, as I've said to Josh as well, and I'll say this to you now again, that I hope they will revisit that and go ahead and have another shared universe. I know they're not doing it at this point in time, but I hope they'll revisit that because I'd love to see a Justice League too. And they started the Hall of Villains with one of those end credit scenes. I'm hoping they'll revisit that and look at that down the road. But again, that right now they just they've got small wins, small successes, and they're just going to go ahead and piece it one step at a time and down the road three four years the line they can revisit that again and make it something worthwhile my yep. friend it's oh, yeah. been great talking to you it once again it is jay bartlett the star of action figures the most powerful toy in the universe you also got to check out his awesome other starring role in nintendo quest that's available today just check out rawmccallumfilms.com to find out how you can watch it or order it and then, of course, you got to catch him every Friday on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. 
a with his show a rebirth of a galaxy far far away my friend it's been great having you on the show and great having you part of the pop culture cosmos but before we leave I need you to do a promo for me uh, that I can go ahead and play every week so people can get a taste of the galaxy far, far away on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel. Guys, please join me every single Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch for Galaxy Far, Far Away, the show on the Nerdy Northerners Network. Awesome, indeed. Another great time with Jay Bartlett. I had, and I hopefully you had to, we thank you so much for being a part of the show, my friend. Hopefully you'll come back on soon. We can talk more Star Wars or anything you want to talk about, Overwatch, video games, even more action figures. It's all good when I'm with you, my friend, because I'm so thankful that you're part of the pop culture cosmos. <laughs>